0: ask you a question to get started here. Um, All right, y'all ready for this? uh, this, uh, There's not a right or wrong answer. It's just a question. How many of you believe that the pandemic that we've been dealing with now for over a year has prophetic implications? How many of you believe it does? Okay. How many of you would say, I don't believe it has prophetic implications? Okay, if you don't. How many of you say, I'm just not sure? Okay, um, I get that question frequently, and uh, I received that question today from a man in California uh, who watches, and he says, do you think that the pandemic has uh, is a uh, prophetic event? My answer is, and y'all are going to like this, yes and no, <laughs> all right? So if you don't believe it, you're okay. If you... Do believe it, you know, okay, and if you're somewhere in between, okay. I, I have come to the conclusion that I have planted both of my feet firmly in midair uh, about this. But what I will tell you is that um, uh, while, while I don't know that it has a immediate, I think it has, my personal opinion, it does have some kind of implication, but I don't know that it has immediate implication. Does that make sense? And and the reason in part, and the reason I start with that is because of the passage that I want us to begin with. We talked about last week that one of the reasons that Mystery Babylon will be destroyed is because of the oppressiveness that will develop in the last days of the government toward um, believers. The Bible says they'll hand you over to the governing authorities. You say now, what does that have to do with the initial question you asked? Well, because there's a part B to that question. The second thing I'm asked is: therefore, if you if it has prophetic implications, should I take the vaccine or not? Yes or no. Yes, especially those who've already taken it, right? Yeah. (laughs) I, and so here's my answer to that. Uh, the, the reason I get asked that question is because of the prophetic implication. Okay, does that make sense? And my, my answer to that is that uh, I'm not taking it anytime soon, but has nothing to do with that. <laughs> I've, had, I've had COVID. I've been doing research, and, um, and uh, those who've had it have had uh, more adverse reactions to the vaccine uh, than those who haven't, okay? And um, so, uh, and uh, if what I'm also reading, a number of new reports are coming out by some well established research universities that if you have had COVID, you don't have months of immunity, you have years of immunity and uh, these are some highly and you know it makes sense uh, if they're coming out saying that because they're changing everything week to week aren't they <laughs> you know uh now you if you've been vaccinated they're giving you freedom to sit anywhere you want without a mask and sit with anyway did y'all know the cdc basically said that yesterday that if you have been vaccinated don't worry just sit wherever you want and sit with whoever you want without a mask um so that was announced yesterday by the cdc my point is there's a, there's just a lot of speculation isn't there out there and it changes from week to week but so but the question regarding the vaccine was connected to prophecy by some who say is there are there tracking mechanisms in the vaccine And I see no indication that there are, and uh, of course the next connection being the mark of the beast, right, where you have to, now, okay, so I think, my opinion, if you're comfortable taking the vaccine, it's okay, take it, and it's very likely that I will down the road. I'm going to see what it does to y'all first. (laughs) I'm just teasing, Uh, I'm just teasing. But, um, but I, here's what I want to say about that, because this is where I think the prophetic connection comes in. Okay, y'all listening? I think the prophetic connection comes in where what we are seeing is how, how the government can use something to manipulate us and force us into something. Does that make sense? I'm not saying don't take it. I'm saying... I think this is a precursor to the kind of pressure d- down the road that will come. You know the Bible says in the tribulation period you will not be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. Now, they have all, I've talked about this in the past another long ago about the the technology is already there. Okay? And it's interesting where they pointed the technology will be. It will be in, under, in the wrist, they can already do that. or or forehead, uh, uh, you you know, and I won't spend a lot of time there. Uh, Concerns with vaccinations came out back earlier because Bill Gates had talked about putting a marking kind of ink in the vaccine. That is a legitimate thing they can do, but there's no evidence that that is what they've done. Does that make sense? I think, for me, it would be a a game-changer if they had of, But there's no evidence of that whatsoever. But I think if you watch what's happened in the last year with COVID, what you see is how easily one thing can bring the culture to its knees and make them uh, captive to government mandates. Now, I don't think it... I don't think it out of the norm for us to hear in the months ahead that you're going to have to validate that you've either been vaccinated or that you, are, that you, do, you, know, you do not have COVID to, to travel. Especially, it's already happening in some international travel, both going and coming. I would not be, and they're talking about now, I've got an article on my desk talking about COVID passports where your passport will validate that you've been vaccinated and if, if, if it doesn't, that you'll have to prove that you uh, do not have uh, COVID to, and I think that they'll make that very tough to say, you know, you may not have it at the moment, but what happens if you, you know. So I, I think we're going to see that in the employment world. Well, it won't be right now demanded, but there'll be heavy pressure put on people to, to, take, to, to be vaccinated. Now, I'm not saying not to get vaccinated. I'm just saying, do you understand what I'm saying? That I think this is the kind of thing, this is a precursor to something probably down the road that will be forced upon uh, a global population based on the Bible. And, and, and you can see how, how vulnerable we became all of a sudden and said we're at the mercy of what? The, the people who say you got to have this or you can't have this. If you don't have this, you can't go here, you can't go there, you can't do this. Now think about it when it gets to the point where you can't buy or sell. And something, again, I don't think it's this, but something of this sort, whether it's a pandemic or some catastrophe or some new means by which we are able to uh, regulate. You know, one of the arguments during this time is for a chip, a chip implant, because they can put your entire medical records on a chip, chip implant. Um, and, or, think about this, a cashless society where they could also include all your financial information on a chip in some way, so, so you don't have to touch anything. There are already certain places on the globe where they're completely refusing cash. And it's all because of the contact stuff, you know, if it we don't know what might be you somebody may have covid and touch the money and the money and it holds they don't know what how how it lingers in that sense. But you understand what I'm saying? Am I clear? I, okay. So that's, if there's a prophetic implication, I think it is, in, it, 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 is a, it is an example of how things on a much higher level could happen down the road when you have an antichrist. Does, so are, are we on the same wavelength? So I'm not telling you not to take it. I will most likely take it, uh, but um, uh, not yet uh, because I've had COVID. Yeah. That's a, or could it be slipped in and we not realize it kind of thing? That's a good question. Did y'all hear the question? Did everybody hear that question? You want me to repeat it? Lance said, uh, do, do you think at that point in time, wherever the mark of a beast becomes a mandated thing, will we be consciously aware of it? Uh, is, that, is, is that the right? Okay. All right. Or do we consciously make, make that choice? I think without a doubt, we will consciously accept it or reject it. Now here's why I say that. Because when you read in Revelation where it talks about the the Antichrist and his system uh, demanding that the mark be applied, and by the way, it'll be the false prophet and all who will use that as part of the worship of the Antichrist and that sort of thing. But the, the... the Scripture clearly says this, that if you don't have a mark, you can't buy or sell. And then it says, and all those who refused will be killed. So that tells me you're making a conscious choice. Uh, I've had people say, well, um, is it possible that we won't even know? I don't think so. Because the Scripture's pretty clear. That and what they'll do, what the Antichrist and his system will do, uh, is hold you hostage, essentially, and try to break you, so to speak. Now, it's kind of strange language, but that's re- what Revelation talks about. It try to bring you to your knees. And uh, you imagine how difficult it would be to resist something when you're trying to feed your family, or you're, you know, you're trying to take care. It'll be that kind of. So that'll be a, a sorting process, by the way. And the, the terrifying part of it is it, the Bible says that those who take the mark will not, will not enter the kingdom of God. That that'll be a, a way, I guess, it validates whether you had the real stuff or not. So that's kind of a, a little unnerving, isn't it? Uh, but I'm going to read you something here in this passage. That I think kind of sort of applies to that because one of the questions I've been asked two through years is, "Will I? Will I have? Will I have the ability to stand strong? Have you ever thought about that? If I'm there, will I? God, will I reject you? Will I? Will I break?" And uh, uh, most Christians that know anything about this have probably thought that. God, I hope I can stand firm. I hope I won't cave in, and all all of those sorts of things. Well, let me let me read something. Okay, look at. Look at Luke 21. So that's my take on the prophecy, non-prophecy. I think it's more of an illustration of something uh, that we've seen how this has set new controls over the population. Does that make sense? Okay. Look at uh, verse uh, 10, Luke 21. Uh, Then He said to them, This is Christ, He's speaking to His disciples, and to, uh, to others gathered most certainly. Nations will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Now that's not a real surprise to us, is it? We see that, we hear about those things. There will be great earthquakes. Did you know last week, I should have brought this article down here, they were talking about how many thousands of earthquakes occurred on the globe last week, and some of them very significant, but most of them we don't even know about. But the uh, Geological Society said every week it seems like we're setting new records for earthquakes. You know, not every earthquake that happens is something that shakes everything off the walls. And so, um, but it says there will be great earthquakes. And in, in various places, famines and pestilences. Uh, pestilence, what is a pestilence? Somebody know? Covid nineteen is a pestilence, but notice he didn't say pestilence. It's plural in the Greek. Pestilences. So, <laughs> I guess if you uh, depending on again where you land on something like this, this might be an example of of more to come. And there are um, these virologists who say there are more coming. It's just, it's just a time thing. So pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs from, uh, from heaven. But before all of this, before all of this, okay, before all of this, whew, man, so there's something before. <laughs> they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. Remember we talked about last week being handed over to the authorities? Now, why does he say that'll happen? Well, they'll persecute you. They'll persecute you because who you are. Remember, Jesus told the disciples before he died, he said, if they hated me, they will hate you also. We're seeing a level of hostility toward Christian belief. Uh, Honestly, in... uh, in our culture that i never imagined we'd see in my lifetime i received a call from a woman this week she said pastor i need some counsel my son who is a christian who works for a company in another large city was texting back and forth with a friend texting now back and forth on their personal phones back and forth with a friend and um uh, the friend texted some message about some um, some perversion, and but it's a culturally accepted perversion, sexual perversion, a gender issue. Y'all got it. Texted something. Her son responded and said, "That is absolutely horrible." A third friend who was in this contact loop saw it and worked at the same business and told his boss about it, and they fired him on the spot. They fi- fired him on the spot. She was going to say, what do you think? And, and they told him, you have earned, you had earned a bonus, and we will give you the bonus provided you agree not to sue. I told her, I said, y'all do what you want, but I said, that right there tells you that they know that they're in a predicament if you sue. And I gave them a couple of of, um, Christian legal defense organizations. I said, contact these people. They may or may not help. And I said, he'll just have to decide what he he wants to do. But I, I don't even tell you that about that. I tell you that to say... These kids, whether you would agree with or not, you wouldn't agree. You would be like him. You would say, that is just not acceptable behavior. But, by the way, that is a violation of his First Amendment rights Uh, to to express his opinion. By the way, he did it off time. He did it in, in a personal thing, and he didn't do it about work. That's the level of censorship that is now happening, and it's associated with Christianity and Christian perspectives on things. Um, this mom said to me, You've been telling us, Pastor, for years that the day was going to come when it could cost jobs. She said, Well, it cost him his. And uh, so uh, there is a so. Look, don't be shocked by it. And um, it goes on to say in verse thirteen, this why but why will God allow it for us to be brought before the authorities and even thrown into prison? Now, (laughs) I told you before. I say it again. It it wouldn't surprise me one day that my my messages cause them to come after me on some level. And maybe perhaps God forbid, I hope not, but uh, uh, throw me in jail and don't come visit me. Get me out, okay? So I just I want to keep saying that for the record' sake, but, but notice the author, in, in prison and you'll be brought before kings and governors for my names' sake. That, that represents authorities Now why does it, why, is it, why is that a part of this process? There is a divine reason here look at verse 13 this will be your opportunity to bear witness there's an old saying in church history it goes like this the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church i told you last week we have a thing in the in the book of acts called the diaspora it is when the church was persecuted and it caused it to split because they fled areas that were persecuting them, and it took the gospel uh, all over the then-known world, Asia Minor and places like that it had never been before, out of the persecution. It became an opportunity of witness. God allowed it for the expansion of the church. Historically, listen to this, the church has actually gained in times of persecution. That's why that old saying, the blood of the saints... Uh, is the seed of the church. Now, I'm not saying, look, I, I told you last week, and I think this is true, There's in the last days we're even told, flee if you can, flee, flee, get away from it. That's what the church did when it expanded. It was trying to get away. I told you, there's nothing noble about being an intentional martyr. If you can get away, get away. Don't give up your faith. You understand the difference? Don't give up your faith, but if you can avoid persecution, avoid persecution provided you don't have to give up your faith to avoid persecution. Does that that make sense? Because some will and some will not. You know what Jesus asked in in line with eschatology the last days? He, he, He asked this question, it's kind of a rhetorical question, He says, when the Son of Man shall return, will He find faith on earth? That's a pretty sobering question, isn't it? Will will He find faith on earth? Now the answer is, God will have a remnant. He always has had a remnant. And... You know, if, if some of this comes upon us, let's be that remnant. Hello? If some, would you have ever thought we'd even think that it was a possibility ten years ago? But you, now you do, don't you? Now when you see what's going on there, I want to I urge you to read a book called 1984. Any of you familiar with George Orwell's 1984? I read it in high school and read it again. And I'm about to read it again because it's going to have a lot of sermon illustrations in it. Read that book. I've been reading excerpts again from it. It's like today. I mean, it's it's, it's spooky accurate. And by the way, George Orwell was a globalist. Just if you didn't know that. Uh, he was a globalist. I uh, don't have time to talk about George. Uh, but, so at any rate, this is an opportunity for you to bear witness. Now, uh, we got to go here. Uh, y'all have used up most of my time. Um, but look at verse 14. I want to show you a couple of things. It says, Settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. And notice this, you will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your lives. I don't have time to talk at length about that. I might touch on some of it again next week. But uh, uh, let me just say, now let me go back all the way to the beginning of our conversation. Where we talked about, uh, do you ever have any anxiety saying, God, will I be able to stand? Will I be able to stand? You know, well, here's, here's some comfort. Uh, Jesus says, don't worry about that moment. Don't worry about that moment. You say, what would I say if I was drugged before authorities or if I was put in prison? or how?" What, what, what? Jesus said, just, do, just stop worrying about that. If you are in Christ, you belong to Him, guess what he says? I'm going to give you a mouth that they can't refute. That doesn't, uh, that doesn't mean it's going to make you a smart mouth or a smart aleck. Okay, that's, that's not what he's saying. But do you understand what he's saying? He said, I will give you a mouth and I will fill it with wisdom. It'll be, you, you, what you will speak, you'll say, where did that come from? Uh, how did I, I didn't know. That's from God. And what he means is that in that moment, you don't have to worry, will I be smart enough to answer? He says, I'm going to give, look again at verse 4, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or, con- uh, or contradict. Now, that's not specifically related to the mark and, and that choice, but I think there is at least some... Expanded principle in which you can say if he will do that when we're brought before the authorities it, it is by extension I think acceptable to say he would do that when we are forced with a choice to receive uh, the mark or not if, if, if that ever if any of us ever have to deal with that does that, does that make sense? so I've got to stop there, but that's part two of they'll hand you over to the authorities and because you're handed over to the authorities, uh, that is God's people, it is one more reason that the wrath of God will destroy mystery Babylon. Right? Tell me I haven't confused you tonight. Okay. Uh, Do you have any questions? I mean, we, gotta, we, we actually can take a few extra because the choir's up there now, so we don't have to get out so they can come in. So if you have a couple extra questions, I'll be happy to kind of deal with them as best I can. Anything? Well, you know, I I quoted a congressman recently who said, The will of God is not Congress's business. By the way, he just doesn't know history. He's old, he's lived a bunch of history, but he didn't know his history. Go back and read the documents, the founding documents of the first Congress and see how much they reference the ideology of God's sovereignty over a nation. He just doesn't know his history, or doesn't want to know his history. So, um, yeah, you're going you're to hear increasingly an attempt to get God uh, out of any cultural discussions. I mean, we're already seeing that. But you're going to see an increasing effort to get God out of the cultural conversation on any level. Now, I will say this. There is a little bit of backlash starting to happen that may be, may be good in the culture. For example, y'all, y'all know they canceled Dr. Seuss last week. You know, that's just bizarre. Uh, they canceled Dr. Seuss. You know, I got, my grandson gave me a book. It sits in my study on the shelf where everybody can see it, because he scra- chicken-scratched in it his name. And it's a Dr. Seuss book. My, he calls me Pop, Pops. And the name of the book is Hop on Pop by Dr. Seuss. I'm not canceling it, <laughs> you know. But the Supreme Court did hand down a ruling Monday, I guess it was, For academic freedom, there's a growing backlash. There are some organizations forming, particularly in the university setting, that uh, of of professors and other groups that are saying, we no longer have freedom to express an opinion if it is not the opinion that has been culturally um, approved. And there's a growing backlash. Part of what you saw um, in that Supreme Court decision was um, a right move, uh, 8 to 1, by the way, both liberal and conservative justices. The, well, I don't need to get on that either. The, only, the chief justice was the only one dissenting. Figure that one out. But 8 to 1 was the ruling in favor of free speech. You ever think you'd have to have a ruling on free speech? And by the way, free speech applies to everybody. I don't like what some people say, but free speech says they have the right to say it. But so do I. But that's, by the way, when you see, go read George Orwell, by the way, but when you see historically national regimes that uh, become dictatorial, socialist, Marxist cultures, there are two things they, they eliminate. Free speech, Orwell talks about um, uh, doublethink. I think that's the phraseology, doublethink. And it says you have to learn to doublethink in order to be able to understand doublethink. But... Um, but in, in the regimes that have been Marxist, socialist, uh, they've done two things, particularly. They've, uh, they've restricted free speech. Y'all know what the other one is? Well, there are really three things. Thank you. What's that? The re-education process. What they do is they destroy the history books and they write new histories. And if a person believes a new history, or the the children coming up, by the way, believing a certain kind of history, that's what they believe, because that's what they've been told. And the old history is destroyed. That process is in in motion right now in this country. Uh, The New York Times has a process that is being introduced into elementary schools called the... Uh, 1619 project. Go look it up. And, and it is an attempt to paint out all past history as we were just evil, our founders were all evil, we were wicked people, and all of those sorts of things. They, they destroy, or they get rid of free speech, they destroy the history books. They control information. What's acceptable information? And then they shut the church down. Or they make the church become a compliant organization. Now that, the Bible says, will happen. There will be a move to make uh, a religion. We'll, we'll worship. and uh, We'll get into that later. But it will be a... You're, you're already seeing it in some churches in America. And um, so those are the things that start happening when you see a nation that is a nation whose freedoms are collapsing. Tell me you don't see it in America right now. And you see it in a young generation coming up who are believing these things. And um, so at any rate, okay.